Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Previously on the Simply Human podcast. What we're living in now is a 24-7 working environment. But what I say to people is 24-7 is how the economy works. It's not a requirement for your daily life. But technology has freed us up to do so much more, but it's also meant that we've got a virtual office and we work any time of the day or night. It's episode 87 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Dr. Tim Martin, a family practitioner in the city where I live. Then it's another moderately city, huh? village that I live. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with someone Rick shares 50% of his jeans with. I don't wear jeans. I only wear cargo pants. <laughs> and we're up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm great, Mark. How are you? I'm good. A couple things. Cargo pants. I saw this funny Hey, by the way, that's. Uh, I know we didn't discuss this. We need to discuss that at some point. In a, uh, I have a very. Well, then maybe we should save cargo pants talk. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we let's can save, save it, it, or we can do it now. And what we planned on talking about—that seems like a, a. Uh, we, it, it's not time sensitive. We can talk yeah. about whatever you were going to talk okay, about. Okay, let's later. talk about cargo pants. Um, okay, so I am a, a grown man. I'm 35 <laughs> years old. I live in a climate where it's like 110 degrees outside in the summertime. It's really, really hot. Well, a few years ago, I adopted the idea of, all right, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm not going to wear jeans all the time outside because it's just too freaking hot. Yes. And so I bought, uh, I don't know, like Old Navy Gap, something like that, uh, two or three pairs of uh, you know, nice-looking cargo pants. They're, the, the material is thin so that it's not you know, super oppressive heat-wise trapping all this these heat gases in my, my mm, Q zone. Talk slower. <laughs> well, also, uh, combined with that, I don't wear shorts in public. And this can be a twofold conversation. Yes. I don't wear shorts, unless, you know, I'm mowing the lawn, going to a baseball game outside. Those are exceptions, yeah, going I- to the gym. But, like, generally speaking, I don't wear shorts. Like, if we're going to dinner, and I, we don't go to dinner like nice, fancy places except Red Lobster. lobster. <laughs> but like, if we're going anywhere, like, go, go to the grocery store. I'm wearing pants. Yep. Uh, because I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not a little kid anymore. I shouldn't be wearing shorts uh, unless it's a now, short kind of activity. Now, do you sag your pants, like, way down below your bottom? Yeah, that's exactly what I do, Mark. Okay. So, the other day, uh, at this point, it's probably like maybe a month ago, a friend of mine from work was getting married, and we had, like, a bachelor party. Uh, and I went to the first half of it, not the debaucherous second <laughs> half of it. 
Well, I show up and it's all my work friends, uh, and I don't see them very often outside of work. And so it's, you know, oh, you're not wearing a policeman uniform. What are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing a uh, polo shirt. It was a Tommy Hilfiger polo shirt mm. that was like 100 years old. Well, yeah, hold on, hold on. It's a, it's a Tommy Hilfiger collared shirt. Polo is a brand. Oh, uh, right? I guess that's true. You well, polo style shirt. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper you Coke. You idiot. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper Coke. Well, you don't say that. And then I was wearing uh, one of my pairs of uh, adult cargo pants. And pretty much everybody that was there, like 20 people, all seized on the fact that I'm wearing cargo pants. Uh-huh. And they're basically just ramming it up my rear end sideways <laughs> about like, nice cargo pants. You're going to go have some adventures? You're going to let some pockets where you can stuff some, you go get some diamonds and put them in there or go pick some flowers and put them in your cargo pants. And I'm like, what? Is our cargo pants like not a, if I, is, is the world passed me by and I wasn't paying attention that like cargo pants for an adult man, that's not, uh, you know, I'm not wearing them to church, but like I'm wearing them on a casual evening out. We were meeting at a, uh, at Twin Peaks, which don't Ayo. even get me started. That's not my choice. But uh, I mean, a twin, you know, a restaurant of that ilk. We weren't. Uh, it wasn't top hats and tails or anything. Right. Am I a jerk for like okay. wearing cargo pants? I I'm not a style connoisseur. I think we've we can. I think we you fashion yourself as one though because of your ridiculous backwards hat collection. <laughs> I, see, I would rather talk to you about this regular right. man than style man what? because no, style no, no, man's no. gonna tell me no white after Labor Day. I'm like, oh, when's well, Labor Day again? I, I so, am, I am a a hat connoisseur. I'm not a fashion connoisseur, and so I didn't know this either. Apparently, Rick, this is news to us. Cargo pants are are out. They're way out. So what am I supposed to wear? I, I just jeans. And my rear end's gonna be like a thousand degrees twenty four seven. I'm trying to think. So okay, I'm with you on the shorts and the pants, and this is a whole. I mean, thank you. Shorts, okay, that's another. My wife, yeah. she doesn't listen to the show because she's not interested. But we had this discussion the other day, and she's called me ridiculous. Another reason I don't wear uh, shorts in public. I don't really have the uh, calf muscles to yeah, pull I, it off. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, it, even though. Uh, if, even if I did had awesome sculpted uh, Michelangelo style calves, I I don't think I'd still feel comfortable wearing shorts in public. Yeah, uh, uh, mowing the grass. Well, even mowing the grass now, I wear jeans because of the the debris that's that flies up when I'm like edging or something. But like, yeah, you're taking a walk around the neighborhood. You're going to a like a kid's like a birthday party at a gymnastics place, stuff like that. It's gonna be hot. Your soccer game, things like that. Shorts, yes, okay, yes. But, but going, any other like if we're if you're going out in public and there's a grocery store out to eat, even if it's if out to lunch, I am I have gotten to the point where I am a I'm a pants man. And, thank you. Yeah. And I've got jeans. And if it's too hot for jeans, uh, I don't know. I have which some, it is in our state like uh, most five of the months time. out of the year. Yeah. I'm trying to think like what are my other pant options? Uh, yeah. Other than I jeans? have two kinds of pants. I Well, besides like slacks, which I, uh, but I can wear jeans or I can wear these Nice fancy adult cargo pants. Ooh, I know, I know. Okay, so okay. last help me out here okay. because I'm tired of getting made fun of. Last fall, when I I was the uh, long story, I think I've talked about it. But I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. I was the long ma- story. You grabbed in your pants and you had to buy another pair. Basically, so I was uh, I got to be like one of the assistant coaches for the college. Oh yeah, like that's that. right. Yeah, and so I got a pair of like the coaching pants. So obviously, the coaches on the sideline in in the fall in Texas, they're not going to wear jeans or like super hot like sort will wasn't it when george costanza didn't he like change the yankees uniforms to like polyester and they all like sweated and it was they, like, they, i think he changed them 
the cotton and the yeah, yeah, up yeah, or something like yeah. that. Anyways. <laughs> and uh, so these, they were khaki pants, right? So they're like nice looking pants, but you can wear them like with tennis shoes and they're, and they're like breathable. And that's like, see, I'm looking for something slightly more casual than just like a pair of khaki pants. I yeah. don't want to look like Jim Harbaugh. Well, hey, he's pretty good looking. I mean, I'm just. Just well, I mean, saying. I wouldn't look like him in his face and, and body. <laughs> Did you see, by the way, the video of him, like, coaching shirtless in some uh, summer camp? <laughs> no. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He has the most uneven farmer's tan of anyone. Oh, in, yeah. That's including farmers. It was crazy. His <laughs> chest looked like a corpse. That's it was funny. so white. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to – like, if I'm going to go to the grocery store, I don't want to, like, wear, like, khaki yeah. like, golf pants. There has to be a medium here between like so, ridiculous cargo pants surely, and like creased khakis, yeah. right? Well, they're not creased, but but surely I see what you're saying. Surely there are uh, is another option. So we have a listener maybe who has some options. If I could take the car, uh, okay. When this episode goes, I will put on the Facebook page a picture of the cargo pants in particular. My favorite pair of pants are so comfortable. If I could get a pair exactly like this with, with no the pockets, pockets removed, so people will stop, you know, clowning on me for them. Yeah, I did go back to 1997 and say clowning on me. What's up? Uh, then that would be fine. I just need a okay. a pants solution. Yeah, if you please. And then listener. And as far as okay, so we, I also uh, I should also say I, uh, I flatly refuse to pay more than twenty five dollars for a pair of pants. <laughs> so that's kind of going to narrow so the options yeah, here. Whatever Target or Sam's Club has. That's I have. Much. I will buy some uh, some clothes from Costco <laughs> on you. Okay, so here's so we've established that cargo pants are out we've established that shorts are out so what is the ultimate no-no i don't know cargo shorts oh okay well let me say this i do have a pair of cargo shorts uh i don't have a lot of pairs of shorts because i don't wear them very often and so i do have a pair of like khaki cargo shorts that like if i'm you know uh, if, if I, like last week I took the boys to uh, a Texas Rangers baseball game, it was yeah, like, you, you know, Africa hot outside. I wore <laughs> these cargo shorts because I don't have like a plethora of shorts to choose from. Well, now granted, no strangers made fun of me. They're like, those cargo shorts, dad, no <laughs> shut up. But, uh, yeah, maybe I should think about, uh, yeah. Well, know. okay. So here's a, a little, a meme that I saw, but the only other shorts that I see out in public are like, uh, short shorts. Like, short like shorts. plaid colored shorts. Well, no, and like short shorts, shorts are coming back. Like uh, short, like shorter shorts that come up that, you know, cargo shorts are kind of like, you know, the ones that I used to kind wear. Kind of baggy. And yeah, we're baggy. Well, now it's like the sort of like skinny jeans. Like if you're going to wear shorts, you see these guys wearing like the suit, like the, the tight, short, like khaki Ugh, shorts yeah, are back in. But here, here's a funny meme that I saw about cargo shorts. It said, it's it's like, uh, car, it's like the cargo shorts are, are talking, right? And it's like, hey, you worry, like, I'll hold your stuff. You worry about, like, making friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. You know, yeah. for the first time in my life, you know, because, uh, you know, kind of the nature of what I do for a living, I uh, keep my finger a little bit closer to the pulse of, uh, of uh, popular culture and, you know, what the kids are saying and doing these days, probably more so than, you know, somebody who's my same age that's a librarian or an accountant. But uh, for the first time in my life, I feel like maybe the world is passing yeah. me by. Like, I'm on the shoulder of the road and like, hey, everybody. And like popular culture is flying past. It helps me that I'm Am I a dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am too. And it helps me. Like, I'm the dad. Like, hey, look at that idiot dad with a backwards hat. What an idiot. But that's just, I just, that's gonna, I'm the dad that's going to just continue wearing the knee-high socks with the colors on the top. Okay. I know we're kind of going long, but let me ask you this. At this point for me, 
should I be trying to catch back up to I think the train a... of modern culture, or should I just embrace old dadness and be like, I don't know, F it, I'm wearing cargo shorts and Crocs. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Crocs. I think there is a balance. Like, is it? Is it? Would I look? Would I be too much like that idiot John Goslin guy if I like start wearing like uh, I'm not gonna wear an Ed Hardy yeah. shirt, but something yeah. like that guy just always struck me as so There's pathetic a... because like. Hey, uh, you're a dad and you have like a hundred kids. You might as well yeah. just dad out. I, I think there's a balance. Instead of trying to be like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm still super cool. I'm cool. Well, it helps me that I have a brother-in-law who is like in the heat, in the middle of like downtown Houston. Yeah, and he's culture. single and yeah. he's, he looks like a superhero yeah. with no clothes on. Yes. And he's I have. just ridiculous. And I have Ryan, a, if you're listening to this, I know you listen does, well, somewhat often. Maybe, yeah. I just, I, I. I I, I hate switch, it. Switch with me. Trade yeah. me. <laughs> Please. Just, awesome. just like a week. Just a week. Do like one of those movie swaps, you know? And then I have a brother who lives in Queens and owns a design studio in Brooklyn. And so he is like, like the On most the cutting fashion. edge. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's a balance. You don't have to completely dad out, but don't try to be like, like wear skinny jeans and have like the super shaved sides of the head with like super long hair. With like a, what I call, I call that a European soccer haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you watch soccer, that's one thing. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. their hairstyles are all so elaborate. And then you look at like the U.S. men's national team, like, oh, James is bald. Oh, Clippers are <laughs> Caesar, down. The Caesar like, cut. So there is the a very, of European soccer. very quickly, there is a, a YouTube video of me online from about 10 years ago. A YouTube video of you online, huh? It's a very redundant statement. Such a dad. I, that was a dad thing to say. <laughs> Screw <Yes>. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, a blue, like, collared short sleeve shirt. Of which you referred to as a polo earlier. I'm wearing khaki cargo shorts and Crocs, and I'm at like a nice hotel. So anyway, hmm. we can. What are you doing? You well, know, it's a what long. Is that you, about? You'll make fun of me if I tell you what I'm doing. I'll tell you later. Okay, so let's get to the interview with Dr. Tim Martin. God forbid I make fun of you on the radio <laughs> or the podcast. That's never happened. Uh, find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to start writing more on these uh, everydaypaleo.com. Check that out. Sarah Fergoso basically was like, hey, uh, where have you been? Uh, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, you're doing stuff. Yeah. Producing content for me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Twitter and Instagram is at simplyhuman52. I want to mention theprimalprofessional.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. It is the. They don't go nice. to the website. Go through our website to get to their website. Yeah, there you go. It's, click it's, helps us out. Click on our. Go to our website. Something less like time. And then click on the primal professional link. Uh, and it's a very nice looking dress shoe with a heel, but it is a fake heel. Ha! They tricked you. It has a false heel, so it's actually. I got it's a it's a zero drop shoe. Uh, we also have links uh, to the uh, multivitamin nutrients and the oil, the skinny fat, the the uh, coconut MCT oil. With coupon codes, I believe are still going. That's at Calton Nutrition. But go to, go through our website on that one too. We do we have T-shirts uh, on the store page of the website. If you want a T-shirt, we've got black T-shirts with yellow writing. Um, email the show at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at, g- uh, at email Rick at gmail.com. Yeah, just enter <laughs> gmail.com and see what happens. Uh, it's simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. All right, so our interview with Dr. Martin, we talk about changing philosophy, using nutrition as medicine, having common sense, bad science, good calories, bad calories, the book, intervention, term life insurance, blood work, cholesterol, nutrition advice, and reading and gardening. Here is Dr. Martin. All right, joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, super excited to have 
a friend of mine and a uh, an alumnus alum alumnus is nope, alumnus That's alumnus the word, alumnus. Yeah, alumnus of uh, the same university. All three of us went to the same university, but uh, Dr. Tim Martin is a family practitioner in Abilene, Texas, and uh, I think he's got a lot of great stuff. It's very in line with a lot of the same sort of philosophies of the simply human lifestyle. So, Dr. Martin, thank you for doing this. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So let's just start off. Uh, give us your background um, and sort of, you know, how and why you became, or I guess I, we know how you became a doctor, but sort of why you became a doctor um, and, uh, and sort of how you got to, to doing sort of this out-of-the-box type stuff uh, that you're doing now. Well, great. Um, so I went to ACU, uh, graduated in 92, went straight to medical school at UT Southwestern, and then into family practice, residency program in Corpus Christi, and finished in 99, and moved back to Abilene and started my practice here then. And really, it took me about probably 12 years to figure out that there was something more than prescribing medications to people. Um, I would notice that my patients would come back either every six months or every year for their checkups, and something was always a little bit worse, even if the blood pressure goal or their diabetes goal had been met or achieved or we'd gotten closer. And so I started, uh, well, honestly, first I did what we typically do, which is blame the patient and just assumed that they just were the problem. They weren't being compliant with recommendations. But when I stopped and listened to people, I realized a lot of people really were trying and they really had educated themselves, and they really were trying to do what they'd been told to do, and it just wasn't working. Right. Um, and so, so how did that sort of change the way that you approached your practice? Well, I started basically just deciding that I'm going to broaden my mind, and I'm going to go back out and do some research and try to see what other people are saying about this. Uh, about nutrition specifically, uh, because I suspected that that's where the the problem lay. Um, if you think about it, basically eating is something everybody has to do, and so it's a fundamental problem of humanity. What am I going to eat, and how is it going to uh, how is it going to be good for me? So desperately poor people don't get that choice; they get whatever they can find. Um, since I haven't seen too many desperately poor people around, I generally come to the conclusion that we all get to choose at some level, uh, what we eat and how much of it we eat. And so that's why, that's why I started with nutrition. Come to find out across all kinds of disciplines, um, medical, scientific research, biochemistry, um, nutrition, exercise, science and physiology, uh, all kinds of people are are looking into the same problem and coming to the same conclusions that the uh, that here in America is, we really have not improved upon um, food. We've actually made it worse. And in the guise of uh, of eating healthy, we're actually feeding people things that are that are worse for them um, sometimes than not eating at all. <laughs> What, what would you say is your nutritional philosophy, doctor? Because I know the standard – I guess probably what's being taught at medical school is 
low fat, high carbohydrate, high fiber, that kind of stuff, moderate protein. I, I mean, I, I haven't been to medical school myself lately, but I would imagine that's what is being taught there because I've heard that from so many doctors. How does your approach differ from that? That's a great question. And I can, I can say it in a nutshell, and, but I'm also going to qualify and categorize it because I've worked really hard not to have a, uh, just a one word, oh, I'm paleo or right. I'm Atkins or I'm gluten-free or whatever because those are frankly far too oversimplified. Um, what I teach people to do is to um, have common sense in other words, if, uh, if this is something that people probably would have always eaten, then it probably is a good solution. Yes. If this is something, something, something that like people, what? What's an I'm example sorry? of something? What's an example of something people have always eaten? Okay. Okay. So a vegetable. Oh, there we go. So um, I ask people to just think about that. What, what would your human ancestors in different uh, places have eaten, probably that's something you should eat or should at least be open to eating. Um, I ask people to uh, find a good advisor on, that they can ask questions of because uh, the, the current state of science in America, and when I say that, I mean from the research desk to the reporters reporting on it, is really sketchy. There's uh, too much science. There's too many positive reports. There's not enough negative results, which are sometimes just as important, if not more important. And there's too much uh, reliance on um, a gold standard and not enough recognition that there's too many things in life that we can't nail down that tightly. And so a, a lot of the 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 comments made from the scientific community are are based on either population studies, epidemiologic studies, or some other uh, some other science that really just shows association, but doesn't actually show cause and effect. Do you think? I know a lot of the the studies that I've read and, and the the books that I've read on this subject. It seems like scientists or researchers sort of go into a study with a conclusion already determined and then really you can make you can make numbers say whatever you want you can manipulate and change numbers to say to prove whatever you know you had the same study saying that high fat is good and the same one you can manipulate around saying that high fat is bad i mean is that is that what you've seen um i i think that there's a whole lot of that going on and that's a little bit what i was getting at with the too many positive studies are are published and not enough negative ones yeah yeah, yeah. In other, in other words, if, if a scientist never uh, publishes a study that says he was wrong, how how well can you trust him? Right. Well, that that's a that's a uh, basically like a chapter out of the anti fragile book that I always talk about. Have you do you know anything about that book? Have you read that book? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So like that's a it's kind of it's like really it's a lot harder to like prove something right like te- like really prove it right than it is to to prove something wrong so yeah it's uh but well and I, I i try to help my patients understand that uh that firm final conclusions are impossible in science and that's not really what we should be looking at or, or trying to get to what we should be trying to get to is uh, the good old sherlock holmes inductive reasoning 
which is really how humans navigate their world, right. instead of trying to uh, base our habits on some kind of a proof or, or um, you know, certainty. What do some of your, your colleagues feel about uh, your views on nutrition? Um, well, so far, I have uh, several uh, family practice type physicians who refer to me pretty frequently. Um, I have a lot of um, silence, so I'm not sure how to <laughs> interpret that. Uh, probably a good healthy bit of skepticism and a good healthy bit of um, I've tried that and it didn't work. But I always say if I help a guy stop smoking cigarettes and he picks it up again in a year, the technique wasn't the problem. And so I, I try to help other doctors understand that it's always worth the effort to uh, to help educate somebody nutritionally. Yeah. So who, when you when you first kind of made that um, switch in, in your head and you're like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, looking and seeing what else is out there. Who uh, who were some of the authors or doctors that influenced you while you were making that transition? So I, I started with uh, Gary Taubes. Yes. And his his um, his his most read book is. Um, why we get fat and what to do about it. But the, the one he wrote before that, which was his big uh, research project was written really at the, uh, at the scientist level. And so a lot of people didn't, it was hard for them to digest, but I've probably read it about three times. Yeah. The good calories, bad calories. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that really, that one right there really lays out the, the problem in, in specific detail. Yeah. And what I tell people is if they want just kind of the quick, Sort of Cliff's Notes version. Read why we get fat and what to do about it. But yeah, if you that's really, the Rick version. Yeah. The, like uh, if you just hey, just tell me and I'll stipulate to your science and stuff. Yeah, but if you well, really want to, yeah, if you really want to dig in and and you know like, like half of that book is like footnotes um, at the end, but it's yeah, it really it really gets down into the science of all of that. And that's kind of what you said earlier. And it's it's one of the it's kind of the main theme of the simply human lifestyle is that we don't need all the science. We don't need to know exactly right. what happens in our to our insulin levels and blood sugar and how many calories we're eating like we just need to do what humans have done for the mass majority of of our time here on earth and just kind of let things sort of happen as they naturally happen yes so uh you know one of the things i always like to ask doctors is kind of like you know you take the you hear about the whole uh you know first do no harm kind of deal i mean do you think what is your view and without you know getting yourself in too much trouble i mean how much and one of the things that uh, Nassim Tlaib talks about in Anti-Fragile is sort of this unnecessary intervention where, you know, you can't bill somebody for getting them off their diabetes medication or saying, you know, I think that knee is probably just going to probably end up healing itself with this, you know, mobility work or physical therapy, but you can bill for a procedure or medicine. So how, where do you think all that fits in with this whole first do no harm and then all the intervention that we're doing now? Well... First of all, I will tell you, having spent hours and hours and hours with people, talking with them and educating them, that is an intervention. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and when, we, when we start to see ourselves as educators and, and encouragers, that we're imparting good, useful information, and that we're following up with people and showing them how their behavior changes and pattern changes have resulted in improvement in their health, that is absolutely 
uh, an intervention. It's not a uh, billable procedure where yeah. I break the skin, right? <laughs> but it is it is a it is an intervention, and it the problem is is that it takes it's time consuming. Yeah, and I don't want to go into too many of the the reasons behind it, but basically in America, um, surgical procedures which are more time consuming get uh, reimbursed at a higher rate than the more intellectual interventions like contemplating a patient's medication panel and their metabolic profile and then what's the best way to proceed right. with this person. Well, even if you're seeing 30 patients a day, even if you're not doing uh, like an actual you know, clinic procedure, just seeing 30 patients a day, you can bill more than if you just spent, you know, half an hour, an hour with each patient and you can only see eight, exactly. eight patients exactly a day. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got this whole list here. I think what we want to do next. Um, well, I've, I've got one. Okay, yeah, so go, go. I go to, so, I, so I go to the doctor uh, and I'm just going to get my annual physical. I try to get a physical once a year. It's free now. And Rick, did you say anal uh, physical? They, Is that what, what kind of no, doctor are no, you Mark, going to? No, Mark, I did not say that. I am a professional oh, broadcaster. Okay, I'm sorry. Not. sorry. So... I'm getting my annual physical, and they're going to draw some blood and do some blood work. What are some of the things that uh, me as a health-conscious person, what are some of the markers I should be looking for, uh, specific tests maybe that I should be asking for? What are some of – because I'm looking for data to tell me, okay, I'm on the right path or, oh, no, you're on the wrong path. And I know traditionally it used to be you know, your, your overall cholesterol number and uh, – what, what I'll open it up to you. What should I be looking for, and what should I be ignoring off of those blood that, those blood numbers? Okay, great. So I'm going to answer this in a way that's probably very unexpected to you, but awesome. I think it's a I think it's an important point to make. So I'll, and I'm going to pose it as a question: Which industry in America knows and bets their bottom line on who's going to die within the next twenty years? Uh, health uh, or uh, uh, life insurance companies, actually. Exactly like right. And they're a flourishing business, which tells me that they get it right. At least enough to run a business on that. Okay. And so when I have people come in and they bring me their life insurance blood work, I take a look at it because I'm curious to know what do they want to know? Huh. What, what are the details they're looking at? And honestly, it's by and large the same things that the rest of us are looking at. So they're going to look at your blood pressure, and they may do your height for weight. They probably will do an abdominal circumference. Um, they're going to look at your urine and your blood counts. They're going to look at a chemistry panel to see what your blood sugar is and your kidney function and your liver function. And they also usually look at some kind of a nicotine marker and some kind of an alcohol marker as well. They will also look at... Is that, is that all just uh, self-reporting, or is there numbers they can pull out of your blood to tell? Because no, I know they, some people, I'm sure, go to the doctor and like, oh, yeah, I don't smoke at all anymore, and they smoke a pack a day. No, no, no. The, the, this is blood work that the insurance company will send a nurse to your office to draw from you. Okay. So they have to have their own person draw this stuff. Frequently, people will bring me the panel they drew, you know, if something's off, but mm-hmm. uh, they... The, the insurance companies are drawing this themselves. So I okay. would say f- as far as someone's um, – if someone wants to know how healthy they're going to be for the next decade or two, that's the kind of stuff you should be looking at. Now, and, and I would call those initial or first-level blood work. So 
if you came into my office and your blood sugar was completely normal and your triglycerides were a little bit high and your HDL was a little bit low, then I would, I would basically give you a choice. You can either get off the sugar or we can do some more blood work and see just, just where you stand. So I, for me, it all, uh, any further workup all depends on what the initial stuff looks like. So you don't look at somebody's like cholesterol, total cholesterol, and if it's over two hundred, you subscribe or prescribe prescribe X medicine. I, I when I look at a cholesterol panel, the first thing I look at is um, HDL and triglycerides, because those two markers tell you more about how their body's metabolizing sugar and simple carbohydrates than anything else. Okay, so yeah, so maybe break that down. Like, give us a couple of examples. And then, and then sort of explain what that means. Okay. So triglycerides are actually blood fats. They're, people think that cholesterol is a fat. It's not a fat. It's a lipoprotein. It's a combination of a fat particle and a protein particle. And it's a transport molecule whose job it is to move fat throughout your body. And the, going all the way back to biology... 101, the definition of an animal cell is that it has a cholesterol molecule in it. So cholesterol is a hallmark of being uh, animal or mammalian, and it's essential for the way our body works and functions. But in and of itself, it's not a fat. The triglycerides are the fats. Um, our, Our bodies build up fats in our blood, not from eating fat, but from the byproduct of excess sugar and carbohydrates because that's how our body deals with the extra sugars we consume. It, that is, turns it into fat. Right. So if somebody has, like you said earlier in your example, like normal blood sugar, but uh, like total is a little high and HDL is a little low, like, so what does, that, what does that mean? What does that tell you? Um, that means this person is beginning on the path toward metabolic syndrome. And they probably are over-consuming sugar and carbohydrates and under-exercising. What would you consider, like, what are your kind of threshold numbers as far as, like, normal for, you know, triglycerides, HDL, and and blood sugar? So, um... If someone were to ask me to uh, whip out some scientific studies to prove these numbers, I wouldn't have them because I don't have them. This is based on a whole lot of experience looking at these things. Mm-hmm. So someone who's really healthy is going to have a triglyceride level around 100. Someone who's really healthy is going to have an HDL level over 45 and usually in the 50s. It's not unusual to see really healthy women have HDLs in the 60s to 70s. Um, Cholesterol, interestingly enough, the LDL cholesterol level can be all over the map. It doesn't have that tight of a tie to, uh, to a person's diet. So LDL doesn't particularly matter the overall level i guess 
Um, that's actually the conclusion that uh, the 2014 uh, um, panel uh, came to, is they quit basing the risk stratification on LDL alone and started basing the risk stratification on total cholesterol and HDL. Okay. Re recognizing that a low HDL was a consequence of, of, of a diet high in processed foods. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, what about total cholesterol number? So your total cholesterol is a number that's made up, again, let's just think about it common sense, all of the cholesterol particles in your body. Right. Right? Okay. So who decided what was HDL and what was LDL? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either, but it was some guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, that's a true question. You got me. Some, some, no, nobody really, maybe somebody knows, but it, it's not really relevant at this point. Somebody decided that these, eight, these cholesterol particles don't jump out and go, hi, I'm HDL. Well, hello, I'm LDL. They're, they're, they're designated that way by some form of arbitrary measurement. So let's think about how things really are. If you took all of your cholesterol panels, uh, particles in your body, let's just imagine that we did that, and lined them up, they would go from very, very tiny BB-like particles all the way up to big, giant, fluffy, marshmallow-like particles. Okay. Now, this is one situation where you'd rather have the marshmallows than the BBs because okay. the marshmallows are the HDL. They're the big, fluffy cholesterol particles that go around collecting the extra um, fat in your blood and taking it back to the liver or other cells for processing. So the HDL particles function as the blood's uh, fat cleanup system. The tiny, tiny particles are called the VLDL. Very so low LDL density. Is, if LDL is bad, VLDL is worse. And those are the tiny, hard particles. They're the ones that get into the lining of the arteries of your heart and brain and other places and begin the process of hardening of the arteries. So what we want is people to have more big, light, fluffy particles and fewer small, dense particles. Well, LDL is in the middle. So there are some LDL particles that trend toward the small, dense and some LDL particles that trend toward the large fluffy. But you can't tell that just by looking at a cholesterol profile. Right. So like if my, my cholesterol, uh, last time I did it, I'm looking at it here, it was uh, 147, HDL was 38, LDL was like NA, like it wasn't, didn't even pick up. Would you be, what would you think about those numbers? And my blood sugar was 76. Um, I'm not sure why your LDL didn't pick up. That's kind of weird. Yeah, probably because of like um, the, uh, it's like the Walmart uh, machine that they used. This is like for a work thing. <laughs> so you're totally. I mean, that total number obviously is low. Um, so, but again, with with your, do you, do you have your triglycerides on there? By the way, um, less than forty five. That's what it says. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. I would redraw that blood work. Really? <laughs> <laughs> there's, 
too many things that don't make sense on that to yeah. draw a conclusion okay. from that. Well, great. So, but I think I got like a uh, a break on my health insurance or something. Um. <laughs> what, what are you looking at for like total? You you were almost here uh, to hit this point. Total cholesterol number. Are you looking at a specific? You must be under this range, or not really mattering for total number. So okay, so that that's that's a really good question. What the recommendations in 2014 did, they are moving us away from picking a specific number okay. and moving us toward looking at the not just the cholesterol but the person overall. Gotcha. So, for instance, and this isn't going to be exactly right, but by way of example, you can understand. If someone has a slightly high total cholesterol, you know, like 220, 230, mm-hmm. but their blood pressure is normal and they don't smoke – they probably don't need any further intervention. If someone's overall cholesterol is 190, which would be, you know, in the past would be considered, quote, safe, but they're a smoker uh, and they're not willing to stop smoking, then they need to be offered some other intervention because they're in trouble. I got you. We're trying to think of the person as a whole now and not just particular numbers. Yes. Okay. And I know you just said no particular numbers, but you said blood sugar numbers is an important uh, marker. What are you looking for? Like under what I've read before, under 90 is what we're looking for for fasting blood sugar. So under 90 um, means that you're way far away from any kind of diabetic or pre-diabetic situation. Um, Once you start getting up over 100, you're clearly pre-diabetic. But remember, we probably have some more tests to do before we can really, um, you know, put you in a category. You probably need to have uh, at least a one hour and maybe a three hour glucose tolerance test to see exactly how your body responds to a a sugar challenge. Okay, cool. Now, um, I'm going to switch gears here. We just have a few more minutes. I want to ask you um, sort of like, what are the things that you see the most of in like as far as where people can make changes easily and quickly, like what are the things that somebody could just do today that would, that would significantly improve their health? That's a really great question. And there's lots and lots and lots of confusion out there. And frankly, I think the advertisers and the food industry uh, create confusion on purpose. Uh, so I'm going to give you an example of that, and then I'm going to answer the question mark. Okay. Um, I saw recently a box of cereal, and on the front it said, um, first ingredient, whole grain. And this was a kid's cereal, so there's no – this is I – I just can't believe this is stated seriously and not tongue-in-cheek. But it is – they're dead serious. They want you to believe that this is a healthy cereal. All right. So when you read the ingredients list, ingredients three, four, and five are all some form of sugar. Corn syrup, uh, yeah. Hi, yes, high cane, cane syrup, syrup, corn syrup, um, and then maybe just plain old sugar. Yeah. Now, since all three of those are sugar and come from three different, they're, but because they split them up into three different sources, then they can put them lower down right. on the ingredient list and therefore bump up that whole grain to right. number one. Wow. That's deliberately... <laughs> yeah. I, you're yeah. blowing my mind with this. I yeah. never thought about Th- that, but man, it This makes is so deliberately sense. confusing yeah. the situation. Yeah, and that's why... So Because those those ingredients have to be listed as like the volume weight. 
That's like yes. of how much is in there. So yeah, if you break up, if there's sugar, but you put eight different sources in there that you can yeah. sort of mix in dextrose and and all these things that end in O, sucrose and all this other stuff. That yeah, like the the two of the top five ingredients might not be sugar, but sugar is easily like the heaviest if you put all Man, those things. That together. is some insidious BS. Oh yeah, it's crazy, and it's been Absolutely. going on for decades. Do you know what the here? Here's another one. I'm sorry, I've got. I actually have way too many of these examples, yeah. but um, Nutella, which I happen to love. Do you know what the number one ingredient of Nutella is? Sugar. Sugar. Yeah. It is not hazelnut spread. Yeah, I know it that because spread. my wife eats it, and I. Uh, it's in. I have some in my house right now. So yeah. Yes. So sugar. Yeah. And they, there, there are other things like that. Wait. Yeah. So what are some others that are like? So, so, so here's what here's what I tell people, and I try to say it. I put it in a as a positive statement and a negative statement, so it's something that you can easily understand, and that when you're standing in line at the grocery store or at the, uh, you know, ready to order your food, or if you go to grandma's for. Sunday lunch, you can think about these things and then make some choices. The first thing I say as a negative statement is don't eat sugar in any form and stay away from processed carbohydrates. So then I explain to them briefly what processed carbohydrates means, basically. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, go, go ahead. Anything that's a cereal, a bread, rice, pasta, cornmeal, anything made from those products, from those raw materials is going to be a highly processed carbohydrate. So an unprocessed by by virtue of elimination is fruits and vegetables. Meats. If they truly are unprocessed, yes. Yeah. I would say canned fruit is pretty highly processed. Well, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about uh, the actual In general, tree yeah. or out of yeah. the ground. Okay. So the, the way I qualify that is by saying if it doesn't need a label, it's not processed. Boom. Oh, I need to stop saying boom. Sorry, Rick. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. yeah. And honestly, I, I kind of eat the the same way that you're talking about with, uh, you know, no, no, sweet, no added sweeteners, no, uh, no processed carbohydrates. And the reason that I've adopted basically a whole food diet was because I'm tired of reading. Because if you buy something that comes in a can, a box, or a bag, you have to read and read this super tiny, and it takes you two hours to go through the grocery store. And yes. like you just said, they will trick you. These money-making corporations are insidious with their trying to disguise what their food is made out of that is made by some guy in a white lab coat with a clipboard instead of like an actual chef or, or a, a, you know, a, a cook or something like that. So that's, that's why I – subsist almost entirely off basically just meats and just vegetables that uh that don't come in cans because i'm tired of reading how about tired, I, it took too long and it's too i'm too lazy so i know that you know this steak in this package and this you know this head of uh you know romaine lettuce or this uh bundle of fresh spinach i know what's in that because i'm looking right at it how about this get Absolutely. your food get your food from someone who wears an apron not a lab coat. And one other example of that before I ask you uh, the last question, um, is it like uh, I was at my, my in-laws uh, a few weeks ago and they have the salad dressing and it was like made from real olive oil was like stamped right on the front. And I was like, oh, cool. We're olive oil. I turned the thing over and olive oil was like the seventh ingredient. But yes. but like, oh, that's a healthy thing. So let's stamp it on the front. No one's going to yeah. take the time to turn it around and, and actually see that soybean oil is like the number one ingredient on this thing. And there's sugar in it before there's actual you know, it's like, I don't know, you could like put like a, a little sprinkle of, of broccoli in something. It's like with real broccoli. With real broccoli. Yeah. But all right. So, uh, Dr. Martin, tell us about uh, your Facebook page, where people can find uh, what you're doing on social media. 
Okay, so my Facebook page is called Tim Martin MD Medical Nutrition, and I post regular uh, um, articles there. Let me put it this way: I regularly post articles there that I fully agree with and fully endorse as far as supporting a uh, a healthy lifestyle of eating naturally uh, occurring foods. Uh, I post articles on the essential exercise for human beings. Uh, in other words, we don't, if you love uh, boot camp type situations, that's wonderful. Go do it. But really what you need to be doing is walking yes. and being able to move your own body weight around. And like our ancestors, you know, you would, you would see them in the trees, like just sort of like there, there were ellipticals up there and you would see them just sort of hanging out and doing ellipticals for 30 minutes. I think that's a very natural human movement. Uh, jokes, people, jokes. Uh, right. It was a terrible yeah. joke. No one laughed because it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, let's say it I... another way. Gazelles never practice running from predators. Right. They just do it when they need to. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. And we absolutely need to get you back on. We didn't even get to gardening and growing your own food. And we, there's just a whole lot of uh, other things that I wanted to talk to you about. And I'll uh, I'll shoot you an email and we'll figure it out a different time and maybe have you on. That sounds great. Yeah, sometime like in the later in the summer. But uh, so before you go, I have to ask you a question that I've asked every guest, and that is this, and it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about. What is one thing you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Read and garden. Sweet. Reading and garden. Very good. Ha ha, Rick. Reading. See, Rick makes fun of me for reading. You guys and your books and your knowledge and facts. I prefer to just sit down and let the television give me a suntan on the front half of my face. Awesome. All right. Well, Dr. Martin, I sure appreciate you working with us. I know you're super busy. I'll uh, I'll email you and we'll set up another time for you to come on. This has been uh, a whole lot of fun. Hey, thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Dr. Martin. I'll have a link to his Facebook page in the show notes and uh, highly recommend you liking his page and reading anything that he posts because you know if he posts it, uh, it is legitimate. Um, it is now time for the Humans Being Human segment. And uh, we had Rob, Rick's brother, on a couple of shows ago. And uh, when we recorded that, we were like, hey, Rob, you got 10 more minutes. And Rob just basically uh, listed off all the jobs that he's had in his life. So here is Rob. And it made no sense. I don't know why we were doing that, but uh, it's still a funny conversation. Here is Rob listing off every job he's ever had. (laughs) But we Uh, figure we can – if you have some stories set up, like we'll do a – we'll do a segment real quick. Uh, I'm so rolling. Only- I'm rolling on the second segment here. Rob Bentley joining us again on the humans being. Wait, human. hold on. Do you not want to prep for this? No, we just, we'll tell you. Hey, tell your funny story. Yeah, tell your well, funny story. Not, hey, be funny, funny man. <laughs> <laughs> what I have Dance, is Rummy. <laughs> I wrote. I because Rick and I talked recently about like jobs and how you don't. I wrote have down. Work. I wrote down all 23 paying jobs I've had in my life. Whoa. Yeah. Go over. List them off here. Okay, you, you don't want to. You don't want to like do it live. Yeah, we are. No, we're, we're recording now. Okay, recording. Okay. Uh, uh, hauling hay. Uh, working at Circle Burger. Uh, <laughs> worked at a print shop. Is this all before Kalachi Station? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have a more or less in order. There's a couple okay. that are okay. off, but uh, 
We're to Amber's Arts and Crafts in the stockroom. Which, by the way, that's my favorite of all of your jobs. Like how you left that job is <laughs> just – it's great. It's great. I don't think anybody saw me grab my like my crotch. I have <laughs> like a, it's it's I I really did play that up a lot more than like probably it took place. It was more like a belt itch or something. I was I was <laughs> furious though. Like, I, have, I really I did I did grab my crotch. It, after you I, get done, I have two uh, funny fired getting fired stories. Continue. I didn't get fired. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm not mad at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 25 years later. I'm crying because of how not mad I am. (laughs) Okay. So Amber's Crafts. Kalachi Station. Yeah, nice. Good. So now we're to 1994. (laughs) Uh, I did some uh, landscaping. I worked for uh, uh, Waterview. I worked for Tom Wilkerson for like a few weeks. The goat man? (laughs) Yes, the goat man. I don't. I don't know that I would call him that. I would call him by his by his. We name, called him Tom the Goat Man because he had a beard like a goat. And me and, and Mark and our other friend Jackson used to like had this very elaborate line of humor where Tom Wilkerson's around the corner at the church eating, eating a tin, tin can. <laughs> He's like eating all the church garbage. Like in the. <laughs> I'm gonna take this garbage out and brings it around the corner. He's like, performing looks, a very valuable his, service. His eyes dart around like to make sure no one's watching. And he sticks his goat face into the, <laughs> the thing and starts eating the tin can. Oh, this is delicious trash. <laughs> all this. Has to go. Oh. None of this can air. Right. You're, okay. I will edit all of that out. He was. He was very, very kind to me, and he looked like a goat. And he ate. Yeah. He ate the shirt off your crap. back once. <laughs> that very well, maybe. Uh, he's he very kind to me. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I were I the landscaping was uh, when I when I was in school. I worked for the landscaper on campus. It was a campus job. Oh yeah. And then I. Then uh, uh, warehouse furniture, delivering furniture in Abilene. Uh, then I went back to work at ACU for the plumbing shop. And then I went back to work at ACU a third time at the electrical shop. Uh, I wrote for The Optimist. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the newspaper. I wrote, I wrote for the Abilene Reporter News. I didn't know that. Uh, I did the farm report and obituaries. So I did like all like uncredited work. Huh. And the, my, home, and the homemade pornography uh, review column. <laughs> yeah. You would just like put it in. You would handwrite it in certain, uh, I give it certain one papers. One freaking thumb up. <laughs> For the farm report. Oh my God, it's not a thumb. Encoded references to like uh, the best rated uh, porn shops in Merkel. <laughs> it's closed, by the way. But um, Oh, that's unfortunate. I know. Uh, well, you know off my to-do list. The oppression of women. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's just this, that, this is the big gray building right off the side of the highway, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, people go that are like between cities. Yeah, waiting exactly. on the waiting on the train. Yeah, and everybody knows. Uh, he's, he's then I did electrical construction. Uh, th- I also oh, when I was in Abilene, I did uh, I did a bunch of work at a guy's farm for a few weeks. Mm. Uh, oh, also, I was oh, a buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You worked a uh, lot with the goats at night. <clears throat> um, sorry. More goat humor. <laughs> I guess. Uh, oh, I also was a camp counselor at uh, Mark's favorite, uh, Camp Sweeney. <laughs> also in Merkel? Where is that? Before, it's in Gainesville. Gainesville. And uh, 
I remember the week before I left, you were very mad that I wasn't going to be in Plano for the summer, and you said, have fun sucking the camp, Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> I said that? That yes. doesn't sound yes. like, like anything I would like, ever say. I, uh, I mean, I remember it because I was like, that's very, like, it really made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, how did I not thought of that yet? <laughs> well, we, there was a guy at, uh, that I knew growing up. His name was his last name was Sweeney. Is like Tom Sweeney. We thought it was funny. It's like Tom Sweeney. <laughs> so it is. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I'm glad you were able to break down that joke. <laughs> that's uh, that's when jokes are at their funniest. <laughs> Is when you really have to explain them. Yeah, that is the the Robin Rick Bentley school of comedy. That is that is like rule number one: never tell a explain joke, your then joke, break down a joke, and tell you why it was. Funny. No, let's see. Let's look at the separate do. components. Uh, itemize how they work together. Oh, okay. So uh, then I uh, I drove a horse carriage in downtown Dallas. Oh, I remember that. I uh, worked for a different uh, electrical construction company, and uh, then we moved to New York. I. Uh, Drove a horse carriage, and I also uh, worked at a dressage studio. A what? Dressage studio. It's what like is that? For the, Drugs and massage? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's for uh, the really like fancy, disciplined kind of like horse riding. Mm. And mm. I worked as a groom. <laughs> like, uh, Did you wear like tight leather pants, yeah. like knee boots? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Like wore jeans and had to like shovel out these stalls. Oh, hey, what was uh, what was Kramer's horse's name? Uh, Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. I uh, cannot tell you how many how many times Rob's heard. Yeah. Sorry. When I when I drove a horse carriage, I cannot tell you how many times a person would be like, "Rusty ate the beefarino," <laughs> and I it was so like after the third time I had heard it, uh, I was ready to never ever hear that again. <laughs> And, uh, it. and I probably heard it, I mean, upwards of 300 times. Oh, my gosh. Like, at every single time a person said it, they thought, I'm the first person to ever make this joke. <laughs> I'm like me, By the way, let me, uh, why are we listing off all your jobs? Is this headed somewhere? <laughs> I, no, that's why I was saying we should work it out before uh, before we went live. I like it. But then I, we went, yeah, we okay. went live. No, this is good. So, are you, so we're into the so, dressage studio. Uh, so, dressage studio is like... Where, uh, like you see, it's like, uh, like you see it on TV occasionally. It's, uh, where they, where they dress up a certain way and then the horses have to like take certain steps. Yeah. Are you glad that there's a dog in the background? Yeah, it's perfect. It's okay. Sorry. I, he came into the room. Kill him. Uh, I thought he was on, I thought he was in your studio in an urn. Different dog. (laughs) Uh, the urn is no, just, no, it was the only dog in history of the planet Earth. The urn, that, uh, the urn is barking. Now. You thought all dogs went extinct when Cookie died. <laughs> that's, that's the name of the sequel to All Dogs Go to Heaven. So the massage studio is where uh, rich white people hang out and make their horses do weird dancing. Right, next. Basically, yes. And uh, then I worked at Pottery Barn. I uh, unloaded trucks there. I uh, I worked at a bar there on the uh, lower, like kind of a Tribeca area. I was a background actor on Law and Order SVU. What? You didn't know yeah. that? No. Uh, you were on actually. Like I actually saw you once, and like the hospital scene where you were some sort of an orderly. 
and that, I froze. That it was on third watch. I imagine oh, Rob. Third watch. Okay. I, I, I imagine Rob standing there in like his bakery apron with a broom, <laughs> like standing awkwardly <laughs> in the back of it, like, shoveling you out. Definitely, grease. like after uh, I saw you on third watch when you did that, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna start paying more attention to all the background actors to see if all of them look. Not at all like they're supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and yeah, if you I, watch all background actors, they they're orderly. Like, hey, like uh, hey, pretend to look like an orderly. Oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I had to. Uh, I, I have this chart and I have uh, some pills for you to take. They gave me a box and I was supposed to walk through and set it down and then walk back. <sighs> There's someone's, uh, someone on like a television set mm-hmm. that designs the movements for the background yes. people. Like, okay, I want you. To walk over here and get a glass of water. Yes. And I want you to scratch your temple and take eight steps forward and then bend over and tie your shoe. And it's not that uh, worked out, but yeah, there's uh, you want the people to be going a certain way so that it doesn't look, you know, you want it to look a certain way. Well, I know that I the image I have in my head of an orderly is walking. Everybody go at once box. and then don't go back. <laughs> like they just terrible. Like you've got to have uh, some choreography. <laughs> Hey, um, we're at we're at ten minutes. Can I can I tell my two getting fired stories? Yeah, uh, please do. Yes. Okay, so one is about my brother Brad. Uh, I'm ready. Who works at like service merchandise? No, no, not that. That's a, that's another. I think <laughs> what happened? I think he got fired from that one too. But, oh, I know. Uh, he did. I know. Well, listen, but the, the, he hold worked. on, I got. Uh... Hold on, it got really quiet there. I missed, I missed part of that. Well, he worked at J. He worked who, at J. Who is he? He worked Brad. Brad. He worked at J. C. Penney, and he was like, uh-huh. in, he was like a shoe salesman in high school, and he got fired for like yelling at some kid as he was like trying to put his foot in the shoe. Classic Brad. Yeah, yeah. Was he yelling at him. Yeah, like, like, and the mom got all Get mad. <laughs> What is the matter with you, yeah. you stupid fat kid? <laughs> Pretty much. And then I had a job in college at the water keg. It was like a, one of these water purification deals. People come up and like fill up their water jugs and stuff. Like sparklets, kind of? I, I think, yeah. I don't know okay. what that is. But Sorry it's like to a derail. big, huge reverse osmosis deal. And like... I don't know the the guy there. I I would go there and basically just do my homework. Like I I never I didn't really yeah. take the initiative, and uh, and then you took a dump in the water. <laughs> that was the kicker. No, so like I called in one day to like ask him, you know, like check the schedule, and he was like, "Oh no, we don't need you today. Uh, O'Reilly's is hiring." And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> wow, that's like, the most passive aggressive yeah. way to fire somebody." I was like, "Wait, what?" That's exactly the same way I lost my job at the bakery, by the way. <laughs> what did my dad say? Like, uh, you should go. I, no, I got like sick, like the flu big time for an entire week. And I kept having a call in. And finally I was like, hey, I'm uh, I'm all better now. Uh, when would you like me to show up? It's and like, he was like, we've replaced uh, you. I gave all your hours away to Matthew. So we'll call you if we need you. Bye. And like, hung up. I, was like I think I just get fired from a bakery. <laughs> Meanwhile, your brother is starring in the orderly role of Third Watch. Yeah. We were never further apart on the uh, success spectrum. <laughs> was your name on the credits for Third Watch? No. No. Literally. I'm Made seeing like an extra number four. <laughs> yeah. An uncredited job and that job. You had an uncredited job at the newspaper. You have That's true. You're kind of in the background. You're very uh, this is you flew you're, under the radar. Yeah, good for you. That's good. You don't want you don't like good. the attention. Yeah, because I have a bunch of skeletons in my closet. Yeah, you cer- <laughs> and, and you certainly hoard the attention on this show. Oh, yeah. I, this has been a horrible mistake. <laughs> Rob was like an escaped convict who was just uh, on the lam and like, oh, tell me about your background. I don't have a background. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, I've been fooling you since 1980, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> Turns out I was right. You are an escaped, uh, escaped from the zoo. 
Yeah, in the circus. <laughs> well, this has been Job Talk. Rob, Rob, Job Talk. Rob, job, yeah. Rob. Rob, Job Talk. Job, Rob. Uh, stop, stop. I don't stop, know. Mark, we... stop. Yeah. Let's call it Stop, Mark, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, quickly, we'll close with this. What are you currently doing for money? Uh, <laughs> I work at a power plant. Like Homer Simpson? <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank You're the you, very Rusty. first person that's probably made that joke. Rusty yes. <laughs> Rusty, that works. Very nice. But what do you do? You sit there and just like watch the little le- the little gauges and stuff and like yell out if one of them hits the red. Hey, guys, I think we're all screwed. <laughs> this is what we've been training for. Get ready. This is the big one. Oh. Uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, I do some of that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, You're like Jim Harbaugh when, in, in a Colin Cowherd interview. No one's watched that. No one. You gets need the to. Reference. You need nope. to. It's nope. crazy. Okay. Won't do it. I'm gonna link to it in the show notes. No. <clears throat> All right. Well, well then I'll never see it. <laughs> well, Rob, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you for joining us for Job Rob, Job Rob, Rob Job, Hob Rob, Job Talk. <laughs> I now actually now I'm back to thinking that is a good name. <laughs> Thank you, Rob, for listing off your jobs. That was very conceptual of you. And uh, Rick, any any uh, parting words for? Fart? Remember, I used to say that. Any farting thoughts? Man, I haven't said yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't going to remind you of that because I didn't want you to start doing it again. <laughs> uh, so, any any thoughts on your brother? Uh, he's a person <laughs> who on the spot there. He's the funniest person I know by far. Yeah. So, thank you, speaking. Rob. I'm it's sh- always uh, it's always it's always a good time, and I can you know, get around him and have conversation. Yes. So, uh, we will surely have him on again. If you have, actually, we've got a couple of emails in the can that we'll probably be using in the next couple of shows. But if you have a humans being human story or an idea that you would like us, uh, to either talk about or read an email or have, have you on the show, uh, email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. It is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And I'm going to read you a quote from The Strangest Secret uh, written by Earl Nightingale. Big uh, name. I know this guy's book name. Uh, quote, <laughs> have you ever wondered why so many people work so hard and honestly without ever achieving anything in particular and why others don't seem to work hard yet seem to get everything? They seem to have the, quote, magic touch. You've heard people say about someone, everything he touches turns to gold. Have you ever noticed that a person who becomes successful tends to continue to become more successful? On the other hand, have you noticed how someone who is a failure tends to continue to fail? The difference is goals some of us have goals some don't people with goals succeed because they know where they are going it's that simple earl nightingale <laughs> fake name so the really okay so here's the tip of the week is have a target boom i think that's a good i think that's a good tip because yeah. if you don't I mean, it said it in the quote but uh if you don't if you're not reassessing where you are and judging that in relation to where you want to be going you're just kind of floating around aimlessly you know and it could be a goal for anything a goal for work a goal for uh you know in in the gym or whatever it could even be a goal like uh you know it doesn't have to be super specific but like a goal for relationships a goal for your marriage a goal for you know everything but i think that's a very I've heard that before, and it makes sense and uh i you know I strongly support that yeah, it's he- always helped me 
be more focused and make sure that what I am doing is working towards that goal and not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, and uh, you know, humans, we always talk about doing things that humans are designed to do. Humans are not designed to be aimless, right? Like even our ancestors, like they woke up in yeah. the morning and they had a purpose. They had something that needed to be done, whether it was build the igloo or kill the, the snake Kill the snake. Ride huh? the snake. Yeah, that's on the to-do list on the side of the cave is everyone <laughs> kill that snake. Build the igloo. Well, we talk a lot snake. about this, and this is my personal mantra is be intentional. Uh, every act that I do should have an express – and this just goes along the same way, uh, lines as having a goal. Every I try to make everything that I do purposeful. Like when I say something to someone, I try to have you know have a purpose behind it. Uh, when I do something, I want it to have a purpose behind it, and that, that – I think that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about with having goals. So set goals, set goals for everything, set goals for work, set goals for home, set goals for, uh, you know, everything. It'll help you be more focused. Boom. Have a target. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast coming up on the next show, which will come out in one week from today on July 21st. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. This right. one's coming yeah, up the 21st. 21st. On the 28th, yeah, our go. good friend Jonathan Baylor will be back. Ah, yes. Uh, we're we going to interview him. Forever. Yeah, so we're going to talk about you know talk about what's going on in his world right now and uh, and uh, just always good. One of everything, probably. He's yep. the busiest dude ever. Yes. Uh, John Smith is coming up. Uh, yes. The show after that. Then we have uh, someone named Michelle Richards, who is a movement expert who reached out to us, and I'm really excited about her. Kate Galliette's coming back on, Michael Ruscio, and uh, that gets us into September. Our two-year anniversary show is coming up on September 21st. If you have, I don't know, any ideas about who we should have on, if you have any input on that. Hulk Hogan. You and I, yeah, we're going to reach. We're trying to get Hulk Hogan. We reached out to Shaq last year and never actually, We I actually did attempt to have Shaq on the show, and they his people never returned any of my phone calls or anything. We're going to so. get Hulk Hogan, everyone. Uh, we're going to, okay. So that's the I thing. I thought who we're going to talk to him about because I think he's a total weirdo. Well, no, here's we'll get him on anyway. Hulk Hogan would just be like, "Hey, uh, tell us about yourself." And there's 30 minutes of, "Oh yeah, I dyed my mustache white, brother." <laughs> what are you gonna do? I thought you were going to call me out for doing the Randy, this this Rick Savage. I don't uh, Rick Savage. Is I don't think that's the guy. Randy name. Savage. Randy Savage. I'm I don't know so anything about bad. wrestling. Yeah, it's I know. fake. It's fake. Newsflash. It's fake. Terrible. Fake, fake name. All right, so you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook and uh, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to the show. Uh, and we, yes, please. And, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. And tell your friends about it because we like to we like to spread the word. Yes, tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Remember the links to the Primal Professional Primal Professional shoes, the dress shoe with the zero drop, uh, and also to the Calton Nutrition, the uh, multivitamin, and the Skinny Fat Oil. Both all, all of these products, I don't like. Uh, promote anything or talk about anything that I do not use on a regular basis. So I don't just say like, hey, uh, they're giving me free stuff. Hey, so. drink paint. Yeah, <laughs> free paint. Drink it. Yeah. So unless I, unless, you know, I don't, you know, put anything out and waste y'all's time listening to me talk about anything that I don't buy into and and love. Uh, so there. Um, all right. So I think that's it. That's gonna do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast. And remember, sort of like there, there were ellipticals up there and you would see them just sort of hanging out and doing ellipticals for 30 minutes. I think that's a very natural human movement. Uh, jokes, people, jokes. Uh, right. That, it was uh, a terrible yeah. joke. So until next time, enjoy yourself. Simply human. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.